Welcome to the Talk with Rox podcast. I'm your host, Roxana Karimi, licensed psychotherapist. Join me as we talk about psychology, spirituality, and the human experience. I look forward to helping you expand your consciousness as you work toward healing and reconnecting with your inner voice. Hello, hey guys, welcome back to the Talk with Rocks podcast. How are you feeling today? But like really, I want you to take a second and to take a deep breath and reflect on how you feel and what's been going on with you this week. The holiday season can be quite stressful. So if you're feeling lonely, I hope you find ways to soothe and connect with others and yourself and or if you're feeling happy to not be seeing family this year and for having a good excuse in COVID to not do so, I hope you can just allow yourself to feel okay about that because holidays are complicated. So however you feel is totally fine. I'm feeling happy today and so grateful to those of you who've been supportive and tuned into the first episode and who thought my voice was soothing even though I was coughing up a lung. It means the world to me, really, and I'm so excited to share more with you today about the unconscious mind. But before we get started on that, I wanted to clarify something that I said on the last episode because I've just been having some talk regret about it and it's bugging me that I said I am an avoidant attachment. I'm not. I have an avoidant attachment style. Sure, it's probably just a speaking error, but words are really important to me and I believe that we can feel the difference in them, and I just in no way want to perpetuate the stigma that we are our diagnosis. You are not your depression, your anxiety, your bipolar disorder. You have these diagnoses, and knowing that is really only to figure out the best course of treatment for you. So make sure you check in with how you're talking about yourself. I I don't recommend that you go on to have a week of talk regret about it. That's just unnecessary. But do take a minute to reframe your thoughts and choose the words that feel right. Because our thoughts have vibrations, our feelings are frequency, and we're constantly emitting and receiving energy in this way too. And we really do want to co-create from a conscious space, so to be aware of what we're projecting to the universe. Speaking of the universe and energy, how did that feel for everyone to be talking about? Was that okay with you? Are my beliefs aligned with yours or was it triggering? If it was triggering and you came back, props to you. Well done. It's great that you're open to listening to more, honestly, and that you're not just being reactive to your triggers because if something is triggering you, there's a reason in that and giving some time to understanding where it's coming from will help you be a better person and live a more conscious life where you're not living feeling controlled by your unconscious wounds and your emotional reactions. Triggers will always reveal to you where your wounding is about an issue. And that that does take pause and meditation and reflection to allow for the wound behind the trigger to come up. And it, it also does take you know some level of healing so that your ego mind feel strong enough to hold the wounding memory in your conscious mind. I've been thinking about this a lot, you know, because I think so many of us are resistant to doing this type of inner work and 
we want to stay unconsciously aware to our behaviors or to our wounds because once you know something, you can't unknow it. There's no going back and then you're responsible for doing something about it or living with the fact that you're choosing not to. And that's okay. That's that's your prerogative. You can totally do that. Both are going to have a certain level of pain to it. And pain is necessary to create change, but still it, it hurts and we don't want to be hurting. And And that's why these wounds went into the subconscious layer in the first place. You know, our mind does some some crazy things to protect us. And though that might have been useful in childhood to keep you moving and to keep you surviving, when you reach adulthood and you start to realize the way that these unconscious wounds are directing your life, it's not so useful anymore. So if you are doing this work, then, you know, just be super compassionate to yourself. It's not easy. And I think it's really brave of you to be here and to be doing that work. So just make sure that you're you're taking good care of yourself during it. Today, we're going to talk a little bit more about the unconscious mind. Let's do some quick psychology 101 before we get into talking about Carl Jung and Sigmund Freud, who were besties for a time and really just vibing out with each other on these ideas and, and thinking about the unconscious. So they both believed that the psyche, our mind and our spirit, is made up of the ego, where your conscious mind is, your thoughts, your memories that you're aware of or that you can easily access, and the unconscious, which is where these repressed memories live. And they both believed that our conscious behaviors are heavily impacted by these unconscious imprints and beliefs and wounds. They did start to have some opposing views on the influence of sexuality and the source of that energy. Basically, Jung believed it to be about more than just your mama, and he saw it as a a psychic energy that could also be used for creation in different ways. And that did, you know, lead them to taking their psychoanalytic work onto different paths and splitting off. Another main reason for that is because Jung also believed in the idea of a collective unconscious, so that we're imprinting our beliefs, not just from family or our current lifetime, but from an evolutionary standpoint as a human race. This is our shared shadow, that collective unconscious. Memories we can't access that are from our ancestors, but that we carry within us. And Jung called these memories from the collective unconscious archetypes. Archetypes are things like the idea or the symbol of the father, the mother, the jokester. And bring to mind what comes up for you around these words, what images you see or what feelings you have. We do tend to have the same ones. They're symbols and images or themes that have a a universal meaning across all people and cultures all over the world. And he did talk about this a lot in the sense of religion too, like where we so often can see the same story showing up with different interpretations based on the cultural viewpoint of that area in the world. So, you know, kind of thinking about like Jesus's story and being able to see similarities in that to Horus, the Egyptian god, who was another divine child from a holy family of three. Could that be an archetype that is in our collective unconscious? I don't know. I'm not going to make that decision for you. I'm just giving you the message and the history that that shows the way that these stories 
continue through different lifetimes and different paths in different parts of the world. I think that's just so cool that, you know, from a, a whole experience as a race that we're processing, as a human race, that we're processing and imprinting ideas onto that deep soul level of our energy. So you had several different archetypes that he talked about and explored, but the main four are the shadow, the animus, the persona, and the self. The persona is how we present to the world, how we're showing up. The anima or the animus is the idea of both masculine and feminine energy being in one person and seeing the other side of that in our dreams or in other symbols and wanting to kind of have an integration of those two. And then there's the self, which is like what I refer to as the authentic self or the highest self. That's that knowing and coming together of the unconscious and conscious parts of you. And then, of course, there's the shadow where our denied aspects go. I really like looking at the collective unconscious through like a gender studies lens because we're so impacted by these gender roles and stereotypes. And I think we're, you know, I mean, obviously, but I I feel like we're just really coming to realize how problematic they have been for everyone. Like when people say stupid things like bring back manly men. I mean, honestly, who is this helping? It makes men feel like they shouldn't be fully human and take notice of their feelings or their feminine feminine energy and softness or sensitivity. And it makes it dangerous for women who come into contact with men who are repressing this energy and projecting a machismo or overly aggressive persona to the world to avoid being made fun of and to stay safe. That's, That's so interesting, you know? Or like even the ideas of internalized homophobia and how scary it can be for a human a person to be looking at their own sexuality and how much we can repress our own feelings around that anyway we could talk so much about Jung and his different archetypes and maybe we will but for the sake of this episode i'm going to jump into the archetype of the shadow self and how that relates to the work that i'm talking about when it comes to healing childhood wounds and reconnecting with the authentic self. The shadow is, like we talked about last week, where we store our unconscious memories, events, and wounds, and, you know, the childhood experiences that we've consciously lived through, but were so painful that we repressed or suppressed them from coming into the conscious mind. And the good thing is about these is that you can access them, the memories, through meditation. And when you do that you can work to heal them and to reprogram them. Reprogramming them is, you know, what neuroplasticity is. Neuroplasticity is our brain's ability to rewire and create new paths of understanding through repetition. So going through the wound and reintegrating these denied aspects so that you can be more whole. When I'm working with clients who struggle with anxiety or intrusive thoughts, I use the analogy of managing them as if the thoughts were the ball in a pinball machine and the thought stopping techniques are the swatter thing i don't even know what what's that called if you're a 90s kid then you know maybe you know let me know but that's basically what reprogramming is too it's looking at the wound and rewriting the narrative from a whole conscious and authentic place taking into consideration the unconscious wounding of it And uh, Jung says, until you make the unconscious conscious, 
it will direct your life and you will call it fate i i love this quote so much we co-create our present life based on these unconscious beliefs and we get triggered we we react we attract and seek out relationships that will be bad for us to unconsciously repair the crap that's lurking underneath the surface we might even attract people that are meant to help us align to our purpose because it happens unconsciously it's going to be triggering and if you're not willing to look at it then you're not going to get closer to your path you you might even get further from it like here's a good example of that for me i kept seeing life coaches everywhere these days like selling courses and no education no license nothing to back them up other than a belief in themselves and that was triggering for me in the past and then not so distant past because I had a hard time being out there or living out loud, feeling worthy of doing something like that, even though I had the XYZ to back it up and to prove it. But instead, I I stopped and I thought, why is this bothering me? Why do I feel like that's annoying? And I looked at it and I took it to therapy and I tried to understand my trigger in a way that could allow me to see where my wound was around it so that I could heal those pieces of me that did feel unworthy or felt like I was supposed to be staying small and I worked to reprogram them and instead I started to feel inspired by these people and to see them as role models because their work was really valuable and I wasn't going to let my own wounding of not feeling worthy not allow me to enjoy what they were bringing into the space or to continue denying what I what my value is and what I can offer to people so did I drive home from that therapy session and then start a podcast or start writing a book no I wish but it takes time and it's taken me some time to get here the key really just is to bring forth these wounds from the unconscious into the conscious mind so that you can direct your fate in a more empowered way and that will lead you to feeling more in your authenticity and more connected to your purpose and had i continued to feel triggered by that I, nothing would have changed and i just keep feeling sorry for myself and seeing these aspects that i was denying in owning in myself and other people and being like what the hell so i'm glad i didn't do that and I hope you choose not to do that either. It's okay if you feel triggered. That's that's part of the process. Allow yourself to feel it so that you can move through it. Now, just to kind of give some space to Freud too, let's look at how he talks about the unconscious because we obviously went further with his ideas as a society and I do believe that that's mostly because Jung's ideas and theories have such a more mystical feel to them. And that can be hard for people to accept or to conceptualize and understand. So Freud's unconscious. He believed as well that our unconscious directs our behavior and that uncovering them is really important to healing. Now he did just place a lot of focus on, you know, parents and the unwanted or undesirable sexual urges or aspects of oneself. Basically shadow stuff, right? I mean, it's so similar. The more I think about it, the more I feel like maybe this was a case of toxic masculinity that led them to splitting off and feeling like they, you know, they couldn't work together in this because they both wanted to be big and, and 
that's okay you know sometimes triggers aren't meant to bring people together but to create their own paths and each of these guys brings valuable information to psychoanalysis and psychology as a whole so we needed that to happen now freud has some pretty well-known ideas these ideas are you know the id the ego and the super ego i'm sure you've heard that let's talk about what they mean the id is the unconscious primal urges and then there's the ego that's the next layer part of the personality that has to deal with real life on a day-to-day basis and what's socially acceptable behavior then there's the super ego which is the values and beliefs from parents and society that you know tell us how to behave morally the unconscious holds so many of these behaviors and you can really find them by seeing a therapist or uh, and a psychoanalyst because they're trained to look for these things based on your history based on what you're sharing they can connect the dots and find the patterns that lead back to the wounding and um sometimes your friends might be able to see this stuff like i know that as a person who's also a trained therapist i do i do sometimes see the unconscious wounding in a friend's behavior and then you kind of have to make a game time decision of do I share this with this person or do I not and sometimes I mostly choose not to because I'm not that person's therapist and I don't know how they're going to respond to it or you know I fear that it will be triggering to them because it's hearing it from me who's not a perfect person and I'm not trying to be but when you point things out like that it can feel it can feel like it's a projection or it can create some pushback from them. So maybe instead I'll kind of just say, oh, like I wonder if that could be fun to explore in therapy and just direct them to go that way. So although a friend might be able to help spot these for you, I just want you to keep in mind that when they do, it's coming through their own perspective and their own lens as well. And if you can take that with a grain of salt and understand that piece, then it's okay to to look to them to help you uncover your wounds if you're having a hard time looking at your shadow or, or finding those pieces. But I do feel that the best way is to, next time you feel a trigger, just to stop, to pause, to whip out your journal, to whip out your notes app and jot down a few thoughts that you're having to find the clarity and the wounding behind this trigger even if that means if like for 20 lines you're just writing i freaking hate so so and so and what they did was so annoying until you can get into more of like a free association space to allow the wound to come out that really is going to be the best way so now that i've just scared everyone away from approaching me let me just add that no, I'm not constantly psychoanalyzing people. I'm just a person and I, that would be so exhausting. And sometimes I just want to sit around and talk about pop culture or what I'm reading, what I'm listening to and not be in a state of, of 24-7 analysis. So if that's what you want, then you have to sign up for the Conscious Healing Program or come see me in therapy. And in that case, I am so more than happy to help lead you to looking at these things and uncovering your wounding. I I love the idea of helping people be more authentic and find their purpose because I, I do truly believe that 
that the world needs you to be authentic in that way and that you have so much value in who you are and being out there with it is going to be so impactful for everyone and so feeling good for you. So since we did talk a lot about Jung today, um, I kind of want to give you a homework assignment based on the collective unconscious. It's nothing too strenuous. I just want you to look at your life and to see the ways in which society and culture has shaped who you are or what you're doing whether that's in relationship or in career you know like women can't run a business or men can't be soft think about the ones that come up for you and how you came to have this belief and how maybe it's pulling you away from your authentic self and what you're really wanting so just give that some thought but anyways our time's up for today. Oh, I hope you have an okay holiday season and that whatever you're celebrating feels good for you. December has so many holidays and in America we do put so much focus on Christmas. So if you celebrate that, then happy Christmas. And if you celebrate uh, Hanukkah, then happy Hanukkah. If you celebrate the pagan winter solstice, then happy Yalda to you. In Iran, we also celebrate the winter solstice, which is the longest and darkest night of winter and aren't we so glad for that to come and go i wish you so much light in 2021 let's really just let this year go and be thankful that we got through it (sighs) make sure you follow and you subscribe to this podcast wherever you're listening to it and that you share it with friends and family or maybe you have a little christmas listening party to it by the fireplace and it sparks some conversation in your family I don't know, whatever you're into, I think that'd be fun. But um, feel free to also ask me any questions or, you know, send me an email or DM me. I'd love to connect and hear from you. Or if you want some more direction on these ideas or you want me to follow up on anything, then yeah, send me a message. I'm at Talk With Rocks. My website is talkwithrocks.com. And I did cram a lot of history into this episode. So, you know, I'd love to expand on it if you'd like me to. Let me know. Anyways, thank you so much.